Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And a boy, baseball insiders, viewers, welcome to the show on this beautiful Thursday. I am Adam Weiner, joined by fan It's MLB insider Robert Murray, as always, who attended the end of the Los Angeles Dodgers storied season in Arizona last night for game three of the NLDS. So we're certainly going to start there, but we're not going to veer very far away from the Atlanta Braves and Bryce Harper, the surging Texas Rangers, and the Houston Astros, who cannot and will not be killed. Uh, We'll get into all of it on this little break between games. Only the Phils and Braves play tonight because of the Dodgers-Diamondbacks game you witnessed last night. Robert, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. Uh, Absolutely crazy night last night. Um, Let me tell you, that game... That third inning was absolutely wild. Uh, Hitting four home runs was actually kind of like five uh, with that foul ball was crazy. But um, I can't believe the Dodgers are eliminated. I can't believe the Diamondbacks have advanced to the National League Championship Series. But there's a lot of different factors that led into that. And we'll get into that right now. But most importantly, Adam Weiner, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Did you uh, when you were there last night, did you see Tommy Pham's uh, post game reaction to the home runs? Because I'll read it out for you if you did not catch that. So I, I ended up reading it. But if you want to read it so everybody else can hear it, that would be that would be absolutely lovely because I yeah. it was phenomenal. Before we open it up to DraftKings, today's sponsor, I think everybody needs to hear Tommy Pham's reaction to the inning. Unlike any other quote, Domo got one. And I was like, hell yeah. Marte crushed one. I was like, hell yeah. Seawalk blasted one, and I'm like, damn. Then Moreno hit the foul ball. I'm like, ah, damn. Very next pitch, he blasted one. I'm like, hell yeah. And I imagine that that's what the Giants, Padres, Diamondbacks, and potentially Rockies fans felt like watching the Dodgers go down in another NLDS. Uh, First sweep, I believe, since 2006 against the Jose Reyes, Carlos Delgado Mets. I was at game two of that series because I think game one was Paul LaDuca tagging two Dodgers out on the same play. And then game two was a little less exciting. I think I think I saw the Mets beat Hong Chi Kuo in that game. And that feels like 55 years ago. And that was the most recent sweep of the Dodgers in the DS before last night. So obviously a lot to get into. And we will. Uh, was Han Chi Kuo there last night, by the way? Just uh, did, did not see him. Did not see him. If, if I did, I walked right by him. So my, my, my <laughs> maybe check in for the CS. Uh, but baseball fans, if you want to put your bets on the championship series, there's no better time than now and no better place to do it than DraftKings. They are running a postseason promotion that you will not want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet instantly to claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. Using our code, again, BASEBALLINSIDER, right there for you on the screen, it gets you these great bonuses. It also directly supports the podcast. If you have been considering signing up for DraftKings, not sure why you'd consider it and not do it, but now is the time. Use the code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bets and parlays. You could be as dumb as me, 
betting on the Diamondbacks all season long and then not betting on them against the Dodgers and the DS, or you could be a little bit smarter than me and use your money more wisely. Either way, you'll get these bonus bets to help cover you. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus, physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. And while you're there, make sure to scroll over, become a member of the YouTube channel, join us in the Discord. Robert and I are in there all day bantering around with some of the people that you see here in the comments. Dodgers fans who are, quote, livid at the pathetic performance by the Dodgers have joined us today. That's the perfect audience for today's show. And that's the kind of voice we want in the Discord for sure. So join us there and become a member along with us. You you chat with us between shows, ask us questions, etc. And Robert, most of the questions today, we're all celebrating Mike Hazen. We are celebrating the Diamondbacks and what they've built. An 84-win team is in the NLCS. That is a great accomplishment. But the questions lie in the Dodgers court after last night. This is the most embarrassing Dodgers postseason series of this golden era, I would say, by a pretty wide margin. It, it absolutely is. And like you would ask players last night if this was if this one stung more than others and they try to play it off and just be like it, it, it stings just as much as the others. But in reality, this has to sting pretty bad. You had a like a hundred plus win season. And then you make it to the postseason. You have a first round bye. You play the Diamondbacks, who you had their number throughout the entire regular season, and then you get swept. And not only do you get swept, but you get embarrassed. And their starting pitching uh, was essentially a joke. Um, they had Clayton Kershaw pitch um, one third of an inning. Uh, they had Lance Lynn pitch two and two thirds innings which is three combined innings, and then their other starter in game two pitched 1.2 innings. So in the three games, they had a combined 4.2 innings pitched, and their ERA was a little over 20. And that is not going to get the job done. And now, like, their offense did not live up to the billing as well. Like, they have over $500 million invested in Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and they went a combined one of 21. Um, That's... That's not good enough. And Mookie Betts even said on the record yesterday that like he, he did absolutely nothing for the team to help them win. And like I appreciate the the accountability there, but for the, that team to get over the hump and get back to the World Series, they need their stars to step up. And it was their stars on offense. It was their lack of starting pitching. Um, you can even make the, the argument that so, some of it should be on Dave Roberts. Um, and that's another one of the questions that we're going to have to answer. And I think I might have an answer for you on that one. Um, so should I just dive right into that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy because sometimes we tie ourselves in knots trying to analyze this stuff and why did X go wrong, et cetera. Uh, you laid out the numbers of the Dodgers starting pitching. It's, it's impossible to be worse than that. That's what a fan, if you asked a fan, what's the worst case scenario for this series, it would be like, I don't know, I guess my starters all going two innings and giving up seven or eight runs. And then they borderline got that. Bobby Miller, you know, was yanked before he could implode further, but you're down three nothing before you get, you know, the offense out there. And then what happened to the offense? Betts and Freeman were abysmal. Four two yeah. game in the eighth against Ginkle yesterday. Colton Wong leads off with a four pitch walk. Betts swings over a slider low and away in the other batter's box. Freeman takes a hack at a fastball above the zone to go down swinging too. their two worst at bats of the whole series where their last at bats of the series and their last shot at redemption. 
So you, you're right. A lot of people are pinning this on Dave Roberts because Dodgers fans sound like Yankees fan West right now, where they're like, something is in the air. It's bad. It's wrong. Every year this happens in the playoffs. We don't know why. Like we understand Dave Roberts, a good regular season manager. We understand Andrew Freeman builds 106 win teams. Then they get to the postseason and they're broken. So they're searching for answers out there. And that's why they're calling for Roberts head. Are you getting a sense that he's at all in danger? And, and is the telescope, you know, is, is the microscope on Friedman at this point too? I don't. So there's, I don't think there's anything official here, but I would imagine based on what I know right now is that it's highly unlikely that Dave Roberts is fired. I fully expect him to return next year. I would fully expect Andrew Freeman to return next year. So I think it's going to be the same leaders here for the Dodgers. Um, and I was discussing it with a couple of people last night, like who could be a potential scapegoat? Because usually in cases like this, there is usually a scapegoat, but we couldn't figure out who exactly that could be. But I do think it's going to be Dave Roberts back. I think Andrew Freeman's going to be back. What I think is going to end up being the biggest thing here is what this roster looks like next year. Cause they have a lot of pending free agents. They also have plenty of guys who have options for next year who are likely going to be declined. And like, if you look at some of their key contributors that are, um, that are pending free agents. You got to look at JD Martinez. Um, you got to look at Kike Hernandez. Obviously, on the pitching side, you have uh, Lance Lynn, who's got a pretty hefty club option. Uh, the future of Julio Urias is obviously very uncertain. But the guy who's most uncertain here is Clayton Kershaw. And yeah, I'll tell you, like, I, I've heard for some time now that retirement is going to be like a legit consideration for. For Kershaw, I'll tell you last night, I've, I've spent my fair share of time around Kershaw. I've never seen him quite like that. Um, he just seemed really defeated and he just seemed really down. And he was even open about like that. He does not know what his future holds. And in previous off seasons, he's discussed what his future is going to look like or if he's going to end up returning. And it hasn't taken him that much time uh, to make that decision. But he's going to take his time, um, get some tests done on his shoulder to see exactly where it stands and then make a decision. But he's like, he's stressed. He's going to take his time that he does not know how to answer questions about his future. But I think this is easily the most uncertain it's ever been for Kershaw, like in his career on deciding whether or not to play. And if I had to guess, he sounded like a man who was probably going to retire. That's at least me reading into what his comments were and how his demeanor was. We'll see, but that's just how I'm reading it. There is probably a medical out this time if he wants to take it. And and the comments are, you know, bringing that to the forefront. I, I think like, yeah, it doesn't shock me at all that he sounded defeated because I feel like he's weighing not only the last start, not only the way the second half went, but knowing that when he gets that shoulder examined, there could easily be something in there that requires a lengthy rehab after some sort of procedure, at which point he would then go, I don't have enough in me to give it the seven months of hardcore rehab or whatever it takes to be the best yeah. version of myself. He's also not somebody you've seen how hard he takes playoff defeats when he comes in in relief against the nationals and gives up a couple homers late. But if he took that as hard as he did, imagine how hard he's going to take what he just participated in, you know, an, an outright bludgeoning in the first inning of the first yeah. game of what was supposed to be a long playoff run for a team that was supposed to be different. You heard it from Dino Ebel, like the Dodgers kept talking about how 
we watched what happened last year. We were star-studded in the Padres, punched us in the mouth. That's not happening again. This team does not have the same wins total, but they're grittier. Peralta, Hayward, you know, we're going to attack this postseason differently. And ultimately, J.D. Martinez showed up. Will Smith showed up. The pitching was non-existent. Andrew Friedman, I get I, who. I mean, look, it's it's it would sound inaccurate and crazy to say he forgot to do his research on Eduardo Rodriguez, but he put together a trade for someone who didn't want to be in L.A. and then came up with Lance Lynn as the second option and and didn't really get a, a ace caliber pitcher at the deadline. And they were left to not only without an ace, but without a three or four. I mean, they were left with nothing. That was an we talked to Fabian a couple of weeks ago and. When you talk to someone who's embedded with the Dodgers for long enough, they can convince you that this team can put together a pitching plan to carry them through a postseason. But as soon as they get punched in the mouth one time with Kershaw, you're like, I have no idea how they're going to cover the next three games. And neither did they. Ryan Pepio did not appear in this series. Yeah, no. And I'll tell you, like the uh, the Pepio factor is an interesting one is so like obviously so yesterday, obviously Lance Lynn started through the first two innings. He was cruising and the third inning, he just like, he blew up. Um, it allowed four home runs. It was honestly kind of like it was five because that foul ball was like, that was just, just foul. Like I've never seen that before where uh, a home run is called. Then all of a sudden it's called foul. Uh, they take it back. And then on the next pitch, the guy hits a home run to center field. Like that was absolutely nuts. Um, and like by the time, uh, Rob, like by the time Roberts had somebody ready to go, uh, it was too late. And um, I believe in the Dodgers is like their preference uh, is that they would have kept Pepio fresh and not pitched him in game three and had him ready for game four in case Kershaw ended up um, in case he ended up having another outing similar to game one. And I'll also say this too about Kershaw is uh, you mentioned his shoulder. Um, I've, I don't like he has made it very clear. He's not going to say what exactly is wrong with it, but I, I, I think, I think it's a mess. Um, and I, he may be left with no choice, um, which would be really unfortunate. I hope that's not the case because he's a guy that uh, deserves to go out on his own terms. But um, yeah, that, that shoulder injury, I think had a pretty sizable impact and you could really see it with what his velocity was at the end of the year. 56 strikeouts away from 3000 for the career. Um, I mean, he doesn't, he goes out with the worst playoff start you could imagine, but it's not like he wasn't valuable in the second half. It's not like he will, he'll never have a season where he implodes at this point. If he were to go out now, the career numbers, you know, Zach Greinke was what two and 15 this year with an ERA in the fives. Kershaw would go out at 210 and 92 with a 248 ERA by any objective measure. That's an insane career. And I yep. think if he were to, to call it quits, I don't think a lot of people would remember that playoff start in 10, 15 years. It would be the narrative for a year or so. But I do think you look at the totality and just say that's an all time icon. Oh, he absolutely is. He's, he's going to end up being remembered as one of the best pitchers of this generation. And even honestly, one of the best pitchers in baseball history, he's been that good. Um, and he's been consistent and he's been part of some really good Dodgers teams and he's been the face of the franchise. And he like, he deserves when he eventually gets into the hall of fame. Um, he deserves every second of that. Cause he's, he's had an extremely impressive career. 
It'll be a great speech, too. It's just a matter of whether it'll be six years from now or maybe seven or eight, because he's first ballot whenever he does decide to hang him up. Speaking of uh, locker room decisions, uh, I guess it's time to change the playoff format again. The Atlanta Braves lost, and uh, it was the fault of the uh, media or the clubhouse uh, policy, or or maybe a door was open that shouldn't have been. Uh, Look, this is an extremely complex issue, uh, and we could certainly focus the energy on the Philadelphia Phillies going and bludgeoning Bryce Elder yesterday and winning that game 10-2 at home. Uh, shaking off an early one nothing deficit and then just going to town in the third inning and and turning that into a laugher pretty quickly. But we don't know how that series turns out yet. Spencer Strider tonight, the Braves could easily take that back to Atlanta or Strider could have a tough time. Uh, the most important takeaway from this series for sure is Bryce Harper's two home runs yesterday and targeted stare downs of Orlando Arcia at shortstop on both homers a throat slash gesture as well, crossing home plate. Um, Ostensibly, this is because, or at least the energy focused on Arcia is because it was reported that after game two when Harper was doubled off on the game-ending flyout, he was yelling at a boy Harper uh, mockingly, derisively around the locker room. This was tweeted uh, by a reporter. It was also published in the Washington Post, uh, anonymized in the Washington Post. It said, Players were, you know, yelling about Bryce Harper, did not target Arcia. The tweet thumbed Arcia pretty clearly. Uh, and so Phillies fans were making Arcia-related signs. Harper gave him the look twice after going yard. Bryce Harper's talented. He's going to homer in the playoffs no matter what you do to him or what you do to ignite him. But they unlocked a different beast. He loves to have a chip on his shoulder. He put it in there. He, he made that chip. <laughs> he, yeah. he entered yesterday with the express purpose of creating a chip and it worked a uh, lot of journalistic ethics stuff coming out of this though should you report what you hear in the clubhouse if it's not an interview is it unethical for that to be let out of the clubhouse in the middle of a series is that maybe a tidbit that goes into a book about the braves or phillies playoff run rather than something that's tweeted after game two Um, And do the Braves have a right to be upset about this? Obviously, this is very nuanced, but I would love to know your thoughts on it getting out, what you would have done in that situation, and and whether you're surprised it got out in the way that it did. Yeah, so I I was – this has obviously been the talk of baseball for like the last 24 to 36 hours here, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, and – before I say anything about this, I want to just make it clear. Jake Mintz, who is the writer who posted the quote and cited Arcia, um, is a friend of mine and really good dude. And I know as a fact with him that there would be there would never be any ill will. Um, yep. He's like he did not post that for clicks. He didn't post it for anything like that. Not a um, Phillies fan. Like, no. And very, like he, yeah. Yeah. And like I know there's a lot of people who said he made it up, which is complete bullshit. Um, like, but that being said, I, I have been in this situation before where I've heard something in the clubhouse and I've wanted to write it, but what you're, what a reporter, like you always have to have relationships and it has to be built on trust. And if I've heard something in the past in a clubhouse and that I wanted to write it, but I wasn't sure I went up to the player. I was like, Hey, I heard you say this. Would you mind if I wrote this? And if the player says yes, that's awesome. That's 
golden. If he says no, then I hold it. And either way, the relationship is built shows that I can be trusted. I'm not just like end up running something um, just to like for a story. Like I'll, I want to have, um, I just want to go about it the right way. Not saying that Jake didn't, um, but I know there's other people who would do the exact same thing as what Jake did. So I think it's just a personal preference kind of a deal, but that's how I operate. Um, and I know, I know the Braves are not happy. Um, I know Braves players are very unhappy seeing players throughout the league. Uh, Kevin Gosman just tweeted about it as Michael said in the chat here. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who are unhappy and I hope there's not going to be any fallout from this. Um, I really don't, but like it's, uh, this is messy. And I also want to say Bryce Harper did not hit two home runs yesterday because of those comments. They were hanging breaking balls that he just, he took advantage of. Um, Obviously, this added a little extra motivation. The stairs to Arcia when he was at shortstop, that probably wouldn't have happened without those comments getting out. But um, it's made this series what was already electric that much more electric. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly the fallout from this. I'm hoping there's not. But, um, yeah, just a, a wild last 36 hours in Atlanta, to say the least. Yeah, Harper is a showman. Harper is a folk hero. Like, no, he did not hit, he did not choose to hit home runs on hanging breaking balls because he heard from Orlando Arcia secondhand from a reporter. He simply made the most of those home runs he hit in order to intimidate the Braves, put on a show for the Philly fans, reward their faith, and get them a little bit louder as if they could get any louder for what he hoped was a resulting game four. And now we are here tonight. And uh, we have to see that. I think, look, it's also just tough because it played out publicly. There is a world where somebody could hear that and reach out to Bryce Harper and say, dude, they're clowning on you over there. Like somebody who's close to Harper in that locker room could just text Bryce Harper and say, Braves are laughing at you. And Harper could text back, I'm going to make them pay. And they could go, ha ha. They could even tap it and react just ha ha or exclamation point. But because it got tweeted, because it turned into 24 hours of, Braves fans saying that never happened and Phillies fans saying you're crazy. Of course it happened. And then Arcia and Travis Darno saying we wish that hadn't gotten out. Then all the Braves fans who took the time to say that never happened, feel a little silly. It escalates this fan warfare. That's the world we live in though. That is, it's the most 2023 story of all time. A little interesting tidbit that, you know, Bryce Harper doesn't need a chip on his shoulder. Now he has one. The fans don't need anything to raise aggression. Now they have it. And here we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like the thing is, is like, as you said, it's a little tidbit. It like what he said wasn't that bad. Um, It wasn't bad at all. And um, yeah, it just it's taken on a life of its own. I don't there's no way that anyone, especially Jake Mintz, could have seen this coming. Um, And again, I want to just I want to have Jake's back. Um, Good reporter. Great dude. Um, Yeah. Like there was no ill will with that whatsoever. And if anyone. Uh, continues to doubt that hit me up because I will I'll have his back that I, I can assure you on that one yes uh, join the discord if you want uh, to operate further and uh, and chat on that after the show is over but for now attention turns to game four tonight we see if we get a game five finally a playoff game five uh, or we move on to a very exciting NLCS I tweeted yesterday that fans deserve seven games of Braves Phillies and they'll get it if MLB decides to make a last-minute format change. 
And then somebody responded to me, five is the maximum number of games you can go. I was like, thank you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> joke, over your, joke over your head thanks buddy yeah yeah it seemed like they'd be fun at parties yeah <laughs> it's like oh it is the maximum okay never mind sorry my bad <laughs> unbelievable well let's go let's go baseball like however long this goes it'll be a reward for the fans uh and the reason that's the only series remaining is because the texas rangers and houston astros are already through of course they are uh of course the rangers dispatched of the orioles they are sitting pretty. Max Scherzer feels like he could potentially be on the horizon. I can't pick against the Astros until proven otherwise. I just won't do it. I outright refuse to do it. Uh, but let's talk about the Rangers first because a few little tidbits came out about them today. One is that Scherzer looks uh, a little readier than he has recently. He was very much dead central in that celebration after they moved past the O's on a Tuesday night. And uh, Will Venable also today, report came out that he's sort of entrenched in Texas. Got to wonder if maybe he's the heir apparent to Bochy. He's just going to sit and learn from the master uh, while he watches Bochy, who never loses in the playoffs, uh, win another playoff series, move on to Houston. He might be the Rangers' best hope for advancing past that unkillable Houston behemoth. But what do you have your eyes on with Texas entering a an all-Texas ALCS and what's your Scherzer gut feeling? Yeah, I'll tell you. So as far as Scherzer, like the, the Rangers sweeping uh, the Orioles is best case scenario for him is that it's going to give him more time to rest. It is it's it gives him a legitimate chance at returning for this series. I don't know what game it would be, but I, there is an absolute there is absolutely a chance that he's going to return for this series. Um, and if you look at the Rangers, because for the first couple series here, They've looked practically unbeatable. Like they have been awesome. And you add Max Scherzer to that, that is going to be one difficult opponent to take out. But th- that being said, you have the Houston Astros who have done this not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times in a row. It is crazy. It is madness. Um, and if there's ever a team that that knows what it takes to go from the ALCS to the World Series – it's it's the Astros, and it is going to take all hands on deck for this Rangers team uh, to advance and get in, to get past them. Um, do I think they're going to do it? Yeah, I do. Uh, count me in because I think the Bruce Bochy factor is going to be a really important one here for them. And plus, they do have a, they have some young guys in that clubhouse for sure, but they have a lot of leaders. They have, I mean, if you look at that team, you have Corey Seager, who is one of the most talented players in baseball, especially on the offensive side. He's a stud. Uh, you have Marcus Simeon. You have Bochi in the managerial spot. Then you have Scherzer. You have a bunch of different veterans on that team. I, I think they're primed to do it, and I think they will do it. Uh, it's not going to be like a four- or five-game series by any means. Like That's going to end up being like a back-and-forth kind of a battle, but I think they're going to do it. Um, and it's interesting, too, uh, with the Will Venable thing that you mentioned. Um, it's a good shout. You've heard that name. You've heard that name mentioned for quite a while for managerial openings. Um, if he is the guy in waiting for Bochi when he's eventually done in Texas, that'd be awesome for them. Uh, he'd be somebody who's a um, very talented and absolutely ready for that role. Um, but let's say Venable does go, um, and like he goes to a different team to to be their manager. I'll give you an interesting name here um, as a possible replacement for, for Will Venable in Texas. 
uh, it would be Kyle Haynes. He is somebody who works in the Giants' as front office as their farm director. Um, he is somebody who has been mentioned for the Giants' job. Um, he's also extremely cl- close with Bruce Pochi, um, from what I've gathered. So I wonder if that could be a potential fit. Uh, that's something that I thought was a possibility when Bochi was initially hired in Texas. Didn't happen, obviously. But I wonder if Venable is hired elsewhere, if uh, if Haynes could end up going there. Just just one to watch. One to watch for sure. And the Rangers have made themselves a team to watch. Certainly not going to get run over. We hope. I hope it's a series. It makes. It seems like it will be. But uh, I, I certainly hope that they are able to fulfill their potential. Another just very funny one, like at the end of the season, who looked worse than the Diamondbacks, right? The Astros just put them to sleep, and then they woke right back up and became the answerbacks again when it came time to play the Brewers. The Astros went to Texas in one of the final series of the season and just destroyed them. But I don't think anybody thinks that because they couldn't handle Houston at the beginning of September that they you know, have no chance of hanging in the series. Evan Carter has no heartbeat. Like, that is not a rookie anymore. I'm sorry. That is one of the most feared hitters in the game uh, awesome. in this postseason. And, it, look, if I want to put on my troll hat for a couple of seconds, Corey Seager in the playoffs is insane. He hit his 14th playoff homer in the third game of this sweep. He was walked five times in game two to set an all-time postseason single-game record. All this talk about what happened to the Dodgers every year, the same thing. No, not every year the same thing. Every year since they lost Corey Seager and Jock Peterson, the same thing. Every year since they lost Justin Turner last offseason, the same thing. Betts and Freeman with those guys and no pitching, it's completely different. Uh, that lineup is, is constructed differently. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, too, it was, it was funny last night. I was, I was watching the Dodgers. They were warming up um, and everything, and obviously on the brink of elimination. And I look on um, – I look up on the monitor there and there I see Trey Turner and I see Trey Turner hit a home run for Philly. And I'm just thinking, what would this team be if they still had Trey Turner? And like, as you said, the same thing could be said about Corey Seager. It could be said about some other players that have left there too. There's been some extremely talented players there that have left. Um, That hurts. I I'm telling you, man, this is the worst kept secret in baseball, but they are going to go all off for Shohei Otani, but the man, do they need starting pitching? Cause they're not just one player away. They are, they need a lot, especially after a bunch of these free agents leaving the offseason as well. Yeah, common theme is like, oh, how many more stars do the Dodgers need? The answer right now is a lot of them. Like, they actually mm-hmm. do need Otani and two top-quality starting pitchers to have a chance to fulfill their considerable ceiling. Yeah, and all, and also, too, like as we're talking about the starting pitchers for the Dodgers, it was it was interesting last night. I was uh, I was standing on the field, and it was before the game, and all of a sudden to my right walks out Clayton Kershaw and he's like stops for a little bit, like just takes in the scene, walks in onto the uh, like onto the infield grass or like right by the first base or right by first base, I should say. And he just stood there and like looked around and I have a picture of it in my phone. It was just it kind of like there was it was it was interesting. It just felt like he was kind of soaking it in. And I that was also kind of what made me think oh yeah this is this might actually be it for Kershaw it was it was just and if, if he is gone that need just becomes even more pressing for them it's also the kind of moment that makes you think man Clayton Kershaw knew the Dodgers had no chance last night 
Yeah. And, and also too, like it, it was funny. Cause like I didn't, it didn't register to me as until Andy McCullough ended up asking Kershaw about it after the game. Um, he asked Kershaw what the emotions were like going into that game three. And if you win, um, you're pitching the next day. Um, but you, you end up watching that game You go down for nothing. You have every opportunity to come back. And then at the last second, Chris Taylor just hits one to the wall. And then Kike Hernandez gets a, the final out. Your season's over and possibly your career's over. I can't remember exactly what Kershaw said, but it was just like the range of emotions that he ended up having to experience in that moment had to have been a lot. And I, I can totally understand why um, he was unable to put his thoughts into words yesterday because that was just the range of emotions that he had to have experienced was just was a lot. Yeah, well, stay tuned for sure. If I were him, I probably would not want a chance facing the Rangers or Astros this fall either. So probably best for everybody that the Dodgers are not the team moving on. The Astros, again, but right before we sign off, like, look, props. Seven straight ALCS is insane. Like, no qualifiers, no asterisks, no 2017 talk. That does not happen. And uh, World Series... Two championships so far, yes, but World Series appearances in 17, 19, 21, 22, and possibly a fifth in seven years this year. That does not happen. And what strikes me every time I watch the Astros advance is the Rangers just ran through the Orioles, right? They look completely dominant. How did the Astros move on yesterday? The way they moved on seemingly at least once or twice every postseason, a 3-2 game where the bullpen is handed a one-run advantage and doesn't even blink. And I joke about it. I go, this is boring. Who is this for? Like, can't you just blow one? Can't you blow one to put a seed of doubt in my mind that the, the team down one has a chance to come back against the Astros? They never do. Brian Abreu hasn't given up a run since midsummer. Brian Presley falls off the mound yesterday. It looks like he tore an Achilles, like, mid-pitch. Nah, he finishes it off. Easy. Uh, Hector Neris. Swinging a miss, swinging a miss, swinging over these sliders in the other box. Like the every single postseason, not only do the Astros win, but the Astros advance. It feels like on a razor thin margin game where the bullpen could just give up a two run home run and lose it, but they never ever do. They are so beyond impressive, and I I, I understand picking the Rangers, and I think there are genuine baseball reasons to pick the Rangers but I'm just not going to stare the Astros in the face and not pick them to advance to the world series until they fail. So if they fail, if the bullpen blows it, but Brady gives up a big backbreaking home run. Fantastic. That, that maybe the magic is over, but I just have to ride with the Astros until they show me a reason not to. Honestly, like you're, you're spot on by that too. And like, and what the Astros they've done it. It's like, they're so consistently good. Like obviously like this regular season, like it was, they were, consistently inconsistent is how I would describe them. And then the bright lights of October hit and then they turn into this juggernaut. And I can't blame you whatsoever for picking the Astros in this situation. Like, honestly, I could end up looking like a fool for picking the Rangers and going against the dot or going against the Astros here and uh, betting on them as a, or betting against them as a dangerous proposition. I'm doing it just because I think the Rangers have what it takes, but um it would not surprise me whatsoever if it was an Astros, like Astros Phillies world series, a repeat of last year, which would honestly be extremely cool. Um, I think those, 
those two teams are hotter than all get up right now. Um, but man, I don't know who would win that one, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably eat crow for it, but I'm, I'm still convinced it's going to be the Rangers. I'm picking an Astros Philly series rematch right now. Although if Spencer Strider shoves tonight, uh, delete the audio, delete the video, scrub it from the internet. This never happened. I never said that, but I do right now. I see exactly what you see uh, on the NL side of things. And I do, I think the Astros are going to advance and, and we're going to see exactly what we saw last year, which is crazy. That never happens in baseball anymore. There hasn't been a repeat champion since the Yankees dynasty in 99 and 2000. And I think, uh, this could be a year where we see an exact World Series rematch. But we'll know more on Monday. Robert, thanks for joining me as always. Uh, not to toot our own horns. I think this is a pretty damn good show of, of the Baseball Insiders podcast. Um, I don't know. Do you want to toot my horn? I'll toot yours so we don't toot our own and, and we just, just brag. I, I think this was just good. Yeah, I think it was a good show. Quality show. Good comment section. I'll toot the horn of the comment section here. That was yeah. a great comment section. We appreciate all you guys. Um, Adam, I appreciate you. Uh, could not do this without you. Joanne, could not do this without you either. You're an absolute rock star. We appreciate you. Um, everybody, we'll see you on Monday. How's that sound, Adam? It sounds good to me, Robert. You're the rock. I'm just, uh, I don't know, the bird sitting on the rock. But this was a damn good episode. <laughs> DraftKings is a sponsor today. Baseball Insider is the promo code. Sign up. If you do not have an account, please sign up to DraftKings with us, with our code. We'll get you covered as long as you are eligible. So make sure to check the episode description for the full term. See if you qualify. Join us in the Discord. Canyon shouted out how fun the Discord is earlier in the comments. Said become a member. It's dope. I couldn't put it any better, so I'll just quote our man Canyon. It, it is dope, and it's only getting doper. As the offseason approaches, powerhouse show today, packed. Uh, Robert, you'll be on the scene for the NLCS, too, as well, right, in Arizona? I will be here. I will be here uh, for every game in Arizona, and I will be bringing you guys much more good content uh, from the clubhouse. So get ready for that, and hopefully some exclusive stuff. And we're also we're getting into the season now where breaking news is going to be back. So I've been working my sources, so make sure – Make sure you stay tuned here and, and also in the Discord as well. So let us know if uh, you get to the stadium for game two or three, uh, game three, and Clayton Kershaw's just still standing out there looking at the. You know, looking <laughs> oh, at the if that happens, I would, boy, uh, although it, it won't happen. It won't. Happen. <laughs> Breaking Kershaw never moved. He's just sort of hanging out. He lives there now. I saw him wake up. He had a newspaper on like a blanket. I was like, what's going on? With you? <laughs> um, well, we'll check in with you for exclusive updates from that series. Hopefully tonight, uh, look, not making a pick. Let's just get more drama. Let's have fun. Let's watch baseball. Let's see as much of it as we can. And uh, let's crown a new champion this year. I don't want a repeat champion, and not just because it's the Astros, uh, but partially because it's the Astros. We'll see you on Monday. Uh, come right back here, same time, same place, 3.30 Eastern. For Robert Murray, I'm Adam Weinrib. Take care, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.